How much of this has to do with being the first ever guest on the podcast? I'm going to go in the 85 to 90 percentile range. I'll give Tucker do. I'll give Tucker 15%. <laughs> I know that you and how much you love in the sweets these days, you probably threw down three <laughs> or four pieces of pumpkin pie. Welcome into the lounge. It's a post-Thanksgiving lounge. I'm over my trip to fan kind of nap, though. What do you think, Gary? I am. Actually, you don't have a trip to fan nap because if people go back a couple episodes and they remember our Thanksgiving draft, you didn't have any turkey. I got the turkey. So How was your trip sober to fan. Thanksgiving? How was, was your totally sober Thanksgiving? It was a wonderful Thanksgiving. Will Let me tell you that. you look me in the eyes and say you didn't drink a single drop of alcohol this Thanksgiving? Will you look me in the eyes and tell me that you didn't eat any mashed potatoes, stuffing, turkey, or pumpkin pie? I know that you... And how much you love in the sweets these days? You probably threw down three or four pieces of pumpkin pie. Sweet potato pie. Yeah. I love sweet potatoes, okay. as we all know. All right. So that, that leads us into a couple of emails that we got here. Garrett, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Yeah, we're going to get to the football, but we got to take care of first things first. This yeah. is all business here. And uh, we guess we always get great emails. We They're still coming in, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. The email is thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. I love this one. It's from Jacob Blums, and he says, hey, guys, I'll tell you. I will tell you whose house I want to be at for Thanksgiving, and it sure ain't Ryan or Minx. It's a good thing he got alcohol in the draft because maybe people will be drunk enough to forget that meal. Yikes. Yes, Jacob summed it up pretty well. Just real quick, summary on what we ended up with our draft. Yeah. All right, I had turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, salad, and pumpkin pie. You, in perhaps the world's worst Thanksgiving meal draft, ended up with alcohol, dinner rolls, sweet potato casserole, green beans, and cranberry sauce. Eat up, folks. So here, I have an email, too. A retort to your email. Yeah. This one's from Simon Bourgeois. He says, I'm from Canada, so we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah, much. great. That guys. Great email to pick, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to lean on the guy who doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Anyway, continue. But I found your draft pretty funny. And I got to say that I may be the only one, but I have to side with Ryan here. I wouldn't have a dry Thanksgiving meal. Picking second puts you in a bad position where you had to choose between alcohol and turkey, but you made the right pick on that one. I'll give you one thing. Boom. I you will say that. I will say something about drinking. You know what Simon's Molson. correct on? Is he says, I may be the only one. And that might be the only one. <laughs> because, and I will also say this. I'll let listeners in to a little, you know, uh, give them a snapshot into your psyche here. Folks, Ryan admitted no. In between, he no, said, at some never. point over the last this week, lies. he said, I'll never admit it on the podcast, but I kind of screwed up that draft. Lies, lies, lies. So lies, just lies. have that, take that with you and do with it what you want. My uncle did try to enforce my Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving night at the at uh, their house. Well done. At my aunt's house and uncle's house. Yeah, but I, I will say I did have some turkey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That. I'll admit that. So moving on to more important things. Um, maybe you got the better, the better of the Thanksgiving draft. But I got the better of you in fantasy football. So maybe you're good at picking food, <laughs> fat boy, but I'm better at picking football players. And that's really what matters. Because guess what, Garrett? We work for a football team. I don't know if you know that. Uh, but Randy Minx, my fantasy football team, beat the better staff writer, horrible name for your team, terrible name, 106 to 92 this weekend. What do you have to say for yourself? I've said it on this podcast before. I don't really even enjoy fantasy football. I don't. Did I even set my lineup? I don't. Yes. I don't worry about it. It's not. I don't That's enjoy. You're not f- good at it. I don't enjoy fantasy you would, football. You would enjoy, yeah, you you don't enjoy it because you lose constantly. How many, how many you would championships enjoy have you won? If you, 
I've been to the championship. No, no, I'd, I'd ask what you've been to. How many have you I'm won? I'm the Buffalo Bills of fantasy football. Zero. Get to the Super Bowl, can't win it. You've been playing in this league a lot longer than I have, and you and I have the same number of championships, which is a big old goose egg. So we're in the same, we're in equal territory there. Yeah, but, but enjoy this week your week I have bragging rights. I have, I have bragging rights this week, big boy. All right, so let's get to talking real football here. Uh, Ravens coming off a big 19-14 win over the Cincinnati Bengals, moving to 6-5, and five, back in first place in the AFC North, tied with the Steelers. Side note, I hate the whole, well, they have a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker doesn't matter because they're going to play the Steelers yeah. again. So, it does, whatever. When you start figuring out tiebreakers when there's five games left in right, the season, it doesn't really it's matter. irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, big win. Justin Tucker, really, the story of the game. Yeah. Uh, 350-plus yard field goals, four on the day in all. And uh, so, I think we, we just need to stop and take talk about Justin Tucker a little bit. A little moment of appreciation yes. for Justin. What makes Tucker so good? Well, I think that he's got a huge leg, so that certainly helps. I mean, he's got a, he's got a boot. That's obvious. But I think that his, his psyche and his attitude are a huge part of it. I mean, he – one thing that – people sometimes talk about how kickers and the specialists kind of hang off on, on their own, that they're sort of like in their own corner of the locker room. They don't necessarily find themselves in the mix with the rest of the locker room because they're, they're just – different guys they're different creatures a lot almost. of the other players don't look at them like real football players yeah they're kind of like half football players they sort of like get halfway led right. in the club How, half breads or whatever half <laughs> but breeds. but but tucker is sort of the exception to that rule he is right there in the thick of it he'll be in there talking trash with terrell suggs or um anybody else in the locker room and i think that's kind of funny why, why suggs and flacco and some of the other guys after the game they're like i don't want to give tucker tucker any more credit because they just know that this guy is going to rub it in their face and that he's supremely confident and he's been that way since he got here and i think there's something to be said for that that he he talked about after the game he wants the pressure he wants the game on his shoulders all of those kinds of things and i think that that is part of the big reason that he's the best kicker in the league and i think it has confidence is a big part of it but it goes beyond that I think it's having fun and I, I talked to Sam Cook after the game and that's one thing that he brought up is that you kind of as specialists and kickers in particular they can get in in their own head right and you get so focused on on the importance of every kick and the mechanics and all that stuff and you forget that you're playing football for a living and it's fun <laughs> this is a game that you played as a kid and Tucker's a guy that's never forgotten how to have fun. That's for one thing's for sure about Tucker. Uh, and, and I think that really helps him. I mean, here's a guy who, before he attempted that 57-yard kick, bent over, and Sam Cook heard him whisper, this is going to be legendary. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, speaks to the confidence and having fun. I mean, this guy, uh, he, I think he kicks just so he can celebrate and dance afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so I think that also plays into it. You know, he, he's not as uptight like, like Billy Cundiff was. You know, I mean, Billy was just an uptight dude. Mm -hmm. uh, and Tucker's the complete opposite. I think the other thing, too, is that I think that sometimes there's different kinds of people, some that, that thrive in the spotlight and really want the pressure, and some who don't want to be anywhere near mm -hmm. that kind of moment. And Tucker's somebody that absolutely wants the pressure. I mean, there's not a lot of kickers in the league that would run out there on the field and basically bark over to the head coach to say, we're kicking this or you're dragging me off the field. Well, especially when he's got a 31, at that point, like, what, 31 straight kicks? Yeah. The like, streak is on the line, and you're running out there for a 57-yarder. Exactly. And there's been a few other times in it, over the course of his career that he's done something similar. That was maybe the most uh, apparent one that I've seen in a long time. But he's, yep. he does that from time to time. So I, I think that, like, 
that he wants that moment. He wants that pressure. And he's been in every kind of situation that you can imagine. He's kicked a game winner in the Super Bowl. He had that huge kick in Denver, the game winner in Denver that season in terrible weather. Yep. I mean, those are not easy kicks. He's done it since the time that he got here. And he wants the big moment. And he thrives in it. How much of this has to do with being the first ever guest on the podcast? He kicked off the lounge. He kicked off the lounge. He was the original podcast bump. If I was going to put a percentage on it, I'm going to go in the 85 to 90 percentile range. I'll give, Tucker, I'll give Tucker 15 percent of what he's accomplished, <laughs> but I think you and I are taking the other 85. Absolutely, absolutely. We're kind of cut from the same cloth as Tucker here. <laughs> uh, so that leads us By the way, I love that whenever we pitch the podcast to anybody, and they, they're hemming and hawing about whether they're going to come on or not. We like to bring up the fact, you know, Justin Tucker hasn't missed a kick since he did the podcast. It's true. It's true. The pod, podcast bump is and, alive and well. It helps get Flacco here. So there it's we go. It's true. Uh, which, that's a little tease. Podcast bump for Elvis Durerville. He kind of got the pre-bump. He knew it was on the horizon. Exactly. He knew we were talking to him. We were in negotiations to bring him on and came up with a big sack strip. Hell of a return for Doom. I'm so happy for that guy. Yeah. Uh, but that leads us talking about Tucker into story time, which let's go back to when he did first come to the Ravens. Uh, we'll do this quickly because we don't want to, you know, get Tucker's head. <laughs> right. Uh, Bigger than it already is, right? Exactly. So uh, when he first came to the Ravens and he's in a battle with Billy Cundiff for the job, and I think what's, what's interesting about this looking back on that time is that what largely won Tucker the job is what – is making him the best kicker in the NFL right now. And that's making a lot of kicks and deep kicks. Because I specifically remember, you know, in training camp oftentimes you'll Tucker is now has done it with himself, competed with himself, and he'll just back it up, back it up, back it up another 10, back it up another 10, whatever. And he was doing that against Billy Cundiff. And the rookie would just, he just looked back, he'd, he'd like hit like a 50-yarder, look at Billy and say, all right, yeah. you're up, big boy. Yeah. Let's go. See what you got. Okay, then Billy would hit a 50. Because let's not forget, Billy kind of had a very strong training yeah, camp. Yeah, he was really good. Too. Then Tucker moved back 55 yards. Nail it. Look at kind of, all right, you're up. Your turn. Yeah. Your turn. I mean, it just kept going on like that, and Tucker just couldn't miss. And I think that that's, uh, that's what really sold the Ravens. That's when the Ravens kind of fell in love with Justin Tucker, seeing, seeing that cockiness, and it obviously has Yeah, the, I think that goes back to the confidence thing and the, the wanting the pressure. Because literally from the time he got here, he was an undrafted kicker who would kind of came here on a whim. Yep. You know, obviously there was the whole history of Billy Cundiff's last miss and all that stuff. Well, he wasn't even signed originally as an undrafted free agent. He was a rookie tryout guy. I know. And so he had to earn his way onto this team literally from the time that he got here. And there could have been any – at any point during training camp when you're an undrafted rookie kicker, they can say, hey, thanks, we're going to give that 90th spot on the roster to somebody else. And yep. he was fighting for a spot. And that confidence and shining in those pressure moments has helped him. Will he go down as the best kicker in Ravens history? Better than Stover. we got to get Matt Stover on the couch here oh. and ask him that question. Bring him on off-season guests. I mean, t- Tucker's still got a long way to go, obviously. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Tucker's got to keep doing it. He's, gotta keep, it he's got a long, long time. way to go. I mean, that's what Stover had. Stover had the longevity. Yeah. But if Tucker keeps doing what he's done, then it's going to be Tucker. He's the second most accurate kicker in NFL Is history Is the second right now? now? Yeah. Okay. It's behind Dan Bailey yeah. still. Yeah. Those be- guys go back and forth sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, moving on to other non-Tucker topics here. The offense. We love to talk about the offense and Joe <laughs> yeah. Flacco around here. Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've come down on Joe Flacco pretty hard in recent podcasts. Did it straight to his face. You weren't man enough. You weren't man enough to ask <laughs> yeah, the question, right. what's wrong with you? I was. Yeah, you right. Were. Anyway. You're wincing the whole time you <laughs> asked that question. On, on the offense, 
do you do you think that do you see improvement against, yes. from the offense? Yeah, because I do. Because it's see, still kind of plotting. Yeah, it's it's not arrived yeah. by any means. When you're le- leaning on your the reason we're talking so much about Justin Tucker is because he's booting 50 yarders. Seriously, that's a sign that your offense isn't exactly a okay. Yeah. But I have seen improvement. I thought the offensive line had one of its best games of the year. Um, I thought that the running backs. I mean, we, you and I were talking to the press box. We see why the coaches were so excited about Kenneth Dixon mm-hmm. all summer before he got hurt. Yep. You know, he looks really, really strong. And I think that they're going to kind of stick with this one-two punch, but he's pushing to get more of like 75% of the carries with the way that he's played. Um, so, yeah, and, and I like the no huddle. I think Joe Flacco likes the no huddle. They use that for pretty much the entire game. They got out of it a little bit in the second half, but they opened that game that way, march right down the field. So over the past couple of weeks, I have seen signs of improvement. Flacco, I think, has been sharper. He had the interception, but that's a deflected pass, kind of a tough break situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the offense is moving in the right direction, but they still have to. 19 points is not going to get it done against the Patriots. 19 points probably is not going to get it done against the Steelers on Christmas Day. Might not, yeah. You need to have more from your offense. And Joe, to his credit, said that himself after the game. You know, right. this is not going to work if we want to be the, the team the that def- we want to go. The defense can win you a lot of games yeah. this year. But it's it's not going to win you every game, especially when you get in. If the Ravens get to the playoffs against some of those teams, you're probably going to have to score more points. Uh what I like from the offense is that something that Joe talked about, that short passing game is starting to come together a little bit. Uh, and, and that is key. You have to get the easy ones. And then that'll, I think, open up some of the deep balls. You see flashes from Perryman. I mean, if you made that dive and catch on the long bomb. Yeah, that was a, that would have been a tremendous play. That would have been ridiculous. So I think they need to get him involved a little bit more. Let's not forget Mike Wallace and Steve Smith really didn't do a whole lot in this game. They still looked pretty decent in the passing game offensively. I think Darren Waller still has room to grow. Uh, Pitta is a question mark to me whether, you know, is he improving? He, he said that he feels the same as before the hip injury. I don't know that anything's going to change with regards to him. But the, the run game, I think, is can get better because the, Kenneth Dixon, I think it will get better. And, uh, and I think Joe can get sharper from here on out if that short passing game continues. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it crazy, by the way, you mentioned the one pick off the deflected pass. The Ravens deflected like five passes on the last drive. Don't pick off a single one. Can't get to any of them. One deflected pass, they pick it off. It was weird. I don't know if I've ever seen so many deflected passes. It was like they were throwing up against they had tennis rackets out there. Seriously. You know, defensive linemen. It was pretty incredible. It's like Dikembe Mutombo. It, it really was. Defensive line. <laughs> um, I'm giving you the finger wag a few times. Yeah, right. You if we go out and play on the basketball court. You've definitely given me a lot yeah, of finger wag. If we go out and get on the basketball court, there's going to be one person that's doing a whole lot of finger wagging. Yeah, it's this guy yeah, right here. I do have a tough shot. Probably. I have a tough time getting a shot up against you. I'll that's true. That. I got that length. You do. You do. So are the Ravens good enough to make the playoffs? I think that's the question mark. Yeah. Are, are, I, they, are they, when you watch them, do you say, yeah, you know what, this is a playoff team? Or do you say that more when you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, this, it's easier to say that about the Steelers because they have, like, the sexy playmakers and they put up more points. Defense really isn't that good. Pittsburgh's defense really isn't all that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely think that the Ravens can be a playoff team. I mean, I think that they have the looks of a playoff team um, in a lot of ways. They have the defense. They have maybe the best special teams unit in the league and maybe the best defense in the league. So, okay, check the, both of those boxes. They don't have the best offense in the league, but as we just talked about, I think the offense is improving. And let's look around the league at the playoff teams. Right now, if the season ends today, I know you love this scenario, 
the Miami Dolphins. I don't love this scenario at all. I'm sarcastic <laughs> here. The Miami Dolphins are a playoff team. Well, I think that the Ravens, they're favored to beat the Dolphins this week. So those are two teams that are right in that playoff conversation. I think that the Ravens would have a really good game against the Chiefs. Uh, I think they'd have a really good game against the Broncos. They already really came you know, within inches of about 10 yards of having a good shot to beat the Oakland Raiders. They had the, they had the Giants on the ropes in that game. Yep. So, like, one, I think one thing that you can say about this team, too, is that it will play up to its competition. It plays down to its competition at times. You can't put it, didn't put away the Bengals. The only team they put the away Jets, this year. Yeah. Right. Lost the Jets. Should have beat the Redskins for sure. Played down to them in that game, even though the Redskins have turned into a pretty good team. They weren't on that day. They were not that great. Um, but I think that the Ravens will play up to if, if it's playing up to the Dolphins, I'm not so sure. I think they will give a New England a run for the money. And I like the Ravens going into Pittsburgh. And we've both said it, and I think it's still the case. The playoff trip is probably going to ride on that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers week 16. I like the Ravens in that game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that even though it's, it's easy to watch the Ravens and be like, man, another ugly win. I don't think that they're, they don't look like a playoff team. You know, these other teams look so much better. Do they? You're not watching those teams well, that's every a, single week. Yeah, either. there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL. There's like two or three teams. I mean, everyone was talking about how the Seahawks are like the, the greatest team right. after beating the Patriots. Just and then ugly. they go out there. Well, they put up two points or five points yesterday. Ugly. You know, like they were terrible. Uh, so I absolutely think that the Ravens could be a playoff team. And I, ha- I hesitate to compare things to the Super Bowl season because then all of a sudden you're saying that the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. But, I mean, at this point, during the Super Bowl season or later in that year, the Ravens lost three straight games and got crushed by the Broncos, and nobody at that time was saying, uh, man, this looks like a really good playoff team. People were saying, eh, this team, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but they're not really going to make much noise once they get there. Yep. You know, they'd have to get by Tom Brady. They'd have to get by Peyton Manning. No one was really on the Ravens bandwagon. So, you know, I, I, my, my point is that you just have to get there. And if the Ravens, and I've said it here many times, so have you, I think that the avenue – for the Ravens to get to the postseason is going to be by winning the AFC North. I think 9-7 is probably going to do it. And if that happens, they have a home playoff game. And I think they probably will be favored if that plays itself out in that, in that home playoff right. game. The funny thing is they're not out of the wild card chase as much as we've all made it seem. We've all said they have to win the division. They have to win the division. They're not out of it, they're but I don't think they're going to win the wild card. I just think it's going to be too far out of reach at the end of the day. The AFC West is going to beat up on each other down the stretch here. They already are. That could happen, and then maybe you have a team at ten and six, and then there's some tiebreakers. They they get it done. You think you think each wild card team is going to be ten and six? I think there's a pretty good chance for that. Really, interesting. Yeah. So what do you think of the Miami Dolphins? You think this is a win? How good are they? They've won six straight games. They look pretty good on paper, Garrett. Uh, I think that this is a favorable matchup for the Ravens. Okay. Don't you? Yes. I mean, you know, like it's a. They have to come up here playing cold weather. Not used to that. They're not. They won't be practicing in cold weather. Uh, they don't have any really great wins. I know they've rattled off six straight, but it's not like they've been like going down Murderer's Row and taking down the Cowboys and the right. Patriots and some Jay great Ajayi, teams. I definitely butchered that last name. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good, but I, I like a team kind of like the Cowboys. To me, it's like the Cowboys. You know, you had to stop the run game. It was run defense versus run game. Uh, if the Ravens stop Ajayi and put the game on Tannehill in their passing game, I don't think that passing game is quite as good as the Cowboys. I don't think it's bad. They have Jarvis Landry outside and, and Devontae Parker, and I don't think Tannehill's a bad quarterback by any means, and I don't think he's an elite quarterback. Uh, 
But he, I think he can get the job done. But I, I don't think they're as good at passing offense. They don't scare me as much as the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the, dif- the difference, the main thing that you're pointing out is when the Cowboys, when it gets kind of thrown into Dak Prescott's hands, he has uh, Des Bryant and Jason Witten to throw to. Right. I don't feel that same sense of um, – I don't think they have anywhere near as much explosiveness on the Dolphins' side of the ball. And I think the Ravens, as we've seen, they can stop the run, especially when it's a team that wants to establish the run. When it's – you know, when it's a team that wants to establish a run versus the Ravens, whose first priority is to stop the run, 9.5 times out of 10, the Ravens win that battle in terms of stopping the run. And I think that that's going to be the difference. I think they're going to be able to do that once again this week. And uh, then I think that, you know, then, then you have to get some plays in the secondary. You know, you can't have Eric Weddle take got, one off the chest. That's true. <laughs> got to have Jimmy Smith back. Jimmy Smith didn't play against that Cowboys offense in that passing game. So well, you we, get Jimmy Smith back against the Dolphins, I think that makes a big difference. But anyway... Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be back later this week with Elvis Dumerville. So make sure you tune in for that one. Going to be up Wednesday or Thursday, probably Wednesday on this. We're quick turnaround time lately, Gary. i got to give you some props. <laughs> uh, and make sure that you still give us, send us those emails at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. Record your audio questions and oh, yeah, comments. We haven't had for us. one of those in we a while. Have, we haven't had one of those, yeah. So record those and email them to us. Leave a rating, review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make this thing. Spread it to all your friends. Spread uh, the wealth this holiday season. You know what? Maybe give give a loved one the gift of the lounge. Just That's, tell them about the lounge. I That's can't a think of any enough. better gift this holiday season. <laughs> so once again, thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you later this week.